Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hi, guys, and welcome to Episode 8 of Focus on Customer Service, hashtag FOCS. As usual, Dan Moriarty here, joined by co-host Dan Gingas. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan, and I am so excited to step into the proverbial octagon with you today because today we have Shanda Maloney, who is the Digital Marketing and Social Media Director for Ultimate Fighting Championship, also known as UFC. It is the largest mixed martial arts promotion company in the world. It's got all of the top-ranked fighters, and Shanda has an amazing job there. She's responsible for global marketing strategy, social media content, engagement, paid media, sponsorship, of course, customer service. I don't think there's anything she doesn't do there other than than possibly fight. She oversees 60 UFC social media channels, and there are over 600 UFC athlete accounts as well that she oversees. Shanda Maloney, thank you so much for joining us on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And can you tell us a little bit about how you came to work at UFC? And in particular, were you a fan before you joined the company? I was a fan. I was a fan of the UFC. I actually started my career working in the cable industry. I worked for Comcast, got out of cable for a little bit, went and worked in radio for a couple of years, which is where I fell in love with live entertainment and doing things with the fans and then ended up back in the cable industry again, working for Cox Communications in Vegas. And then from there was actually recruited to work for UFC, where I think a lot of my cable experience and background actually helped me in the position that I got into once I joined the UFC as the affiliate marketing manager. I was responsible for putting together a lot of marketing promotions for Comcast, DirecTV, Time Warner, AT&T, things like that. So all that cable experience definitely helped me out in that in that respect. Shanda, piggybacking on what Dan said at the start, have you ever considered fighting? <laughs> no, not myself. <laughs> I like to I'll market it, but that, that's, that's no, not that's a fighter. <laughs> well, jumping into the meat of it, I mean, UFC isn't absolute social media powerhouse i mean the the follower accounts that you have on facebook and twitter and instagram just absolutely huge so i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you actually go about managing a presence that big and how do you manage to make sure you're responding to all your fans and what does your team look like to enable you to do that yeah there's currently three of us on the headquarters team gavin brandon and myself and we're responsible for everything from creating the content to you know we fly into the events from fight week so we're there from tuesday through sunday behind the scenes content working with the fighters customer service you name it unlocking the fighters when they get locked out forgot their password need to get verified whatever we're handling that we also have some team members that are in our international offices and Asia, Latin America, Canada, Australia, just to name a few. So, you know, we're producing a lot of the content internally and then we will also lean on our international offices because we really want to help grow the market. So we have a couple of fighters that are from Asia, from Ireland or whatever. So we're trying to really build these superstars in these local markets. So that's where we use a lot of those guys as well. But for the most part, a lot of the content's coming from the three of us in headquarters. And Shanda, with all of the feedback that you must get having that many fans across multiple channels, 
How do you differentiate between fan engagement, say you put out a post asking a question and you get a lot of answers, versus true customer service inquiries? We do use a lot of keyword filtering. So we're currently using the platform Sprout Social and we'll set up a lot of keywords that we know fans are going to talk about. So when we go on sale with with a particular event, we're looking for keywords like UFC tickets, UFC pre-sale, UFC fight club. You know, fight club is a they get access to pre-sale codes before the general public. People that are talking about UFC can't watch, what time, what channel, can't order on pay-per-view, UFC Comcast, UFC DirecTV. So we have a laundry list of all these different keywords that we know are usually customer service-related questions. We may not be able to fix the problem. So, for example, if Comcast is having an outage, clearly UFC can't fix that. But we can offer an alternative option to those fans. We had an incident where Time Warner in the New York, New Jersey area had a massive outage during a a fairly big event for us. And so we were able to see that volume of conversation coming in. We alerted our team member in our office who had a direct connection to the Time Warner corporate office, ended up finding out that it was a bigger technical issue that was not going to get resolved before the end of the fight. So we were able to jump back onto Twitter and start answering those fans and saying, unfortunately, you know, Time Warner is having a technical issue, but you can order the fight through UFC TV. You can order it on your Xbox, Roku, your Apple TV, your mobile device, your laptop, and hook it up through an HDMI cord. Basically, we just wanted to ensure that the fans, even though they were having an issue ordering from their first primary choice of ordering, there was an alternative option. And one of the interesting things I think you guys have to deal with is the amount of athletes that have presence on social platforms. Do customer service inquiries ever get directed at them? And if so, what happens then? They don't tend to get a lot of customer service inquiries unless they're selling something. So if they have their walkout shirts or something that they're selling, that would really kind of be the only case. If they sent out a tweet saying, you know, hey, fans, use this special promo code and get tickets, access to tickets early before the general public. And if there ended up being an issue with the promo code, the fighters wouldn't really be the ones responsible for answering those questions because we would have already jumped in on that. And if it did, the fighters usually would send us a an email or direct message or a text message and let us know that, hey, I've got fans that are having a hard time using this particular promo code. So we would jump in and answer those questions. We wouldn't expect the fighter to do it. And you would jump in as UFC rather yep. than us. Okay. Absolutely. Great. So... Obviously, we have to talk about Ronda Rousey, who, in case any of our listeners have been living under a rock lately, was involved in a fight last week that lasted all of 34 seconds during the main event of UFC 190. And the social media response was just absolutely nuts. She was trending for days. Celebrities, athletes all over the world were talking how do you handle what must have been an absolute torrential downpour full of posts all at once? <laughs> Saturday night at UC 190, that was insane. That was literally the most high volume event I have ever worked in five years with UFC. So I myself, am, I'm, I'm usually the one that's doing a lot of the analytics side of things. So I'm doing a lot of the social listening where I have certain thresholds that I'm looking for. If somebody with more than X number of followers, a clout score greater than X, or Ronda Rousey is a keyword or her Twitter handle gets mentioned. If her name gets mentioned more than a certain percentage over the course of 
an hour, things like that. So I'm retweeting a lot of those celebrities or influencers, bantering back and forth with them. We had some amazing personalities that were on social media from Kobe Bryant to Hope Solo, LeBron James. I mean, the list literally goes on and on and on about the amount of volume and and people that were talking about the event. So that's one of the things that specifically falls on my plate because I'm one that works very, very quickly in that space. So while the other team members are responsible for live tweeting and the behind the scenes coverage, I'm specifically working in the space of engagement and customer service and bantering with the high influencers. So that's really interesting. And you're probably in a unique position in that, you know, most of the brands that we talk to don't have celebrities tweeting at them or about them. So can you tell me a little bit more about your strategy around focusing on influencers? And do you ever get any pushback from, you know, Joe Average that is also looking for you to engage? No, actually, I've done a lot of research on who our celebrity fans are. And we don't leave our casual fans out by any means. You know, there's a lot of times, for example, I flew to Nashville today, and I'll jump on Twitter, and I'll just take a look at our app mentions and kind of see where people are talking about us. And I'll jump into a conversation with people. And there might be an incident where Mashable happened to mention something about the Dallas Cowboys and that, you know, two of the players had a little scuffle and they were getting their quote UFC, their UFC fight on or something like that. So I know the guy that runs the Dallas Cowboys account. So I texted him and I was just like, Hey, heads up, I'm going to jump in on this. So the Dallas Cowboys and the UFC account both bantered off of the Mashable tweet and then other fans jumped in on it. And they were like, I love this banter. It's awesome. You know, and we love to kind of show that personality behind our brand. And I think the fans really enjoy that. And and we banter with them quite a bit. One of the things I'm really interested in about what you have to do is um, the actual preparation for the fight night itself. I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what goes into staffing a live fight and responding to all of the customers live as that stuff's happening. So fight night itself, we do have usually at least three people working an event from the headquarters office. So one person is usually on the ground and that person's responsible for all the behind the scenes content, pushing that out to Snapchat, Vine, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then another person on the team is going to be responsible for doing all the live play by play. And then the third person, which is usually what, what my role is, is I'm doing a lot of the customer service, looking for those specific keywords. Again, people that are saying that they how to watch, where to watch. I'm in Jamaica. What channel do I watch it on here? To celebrity engagement, even our fighters, and just kind of seeing what our fighters are saying about an event. So there's usually at minimum three of us on a night. Occasionally, if I can get extra bodies in that, I'm able to just kind of assign people to different things where we might be able to respond to more Facebook posts or to more Instagram comments. If I have extra bodies, then we love to be able to to dig into those other platforms. We are speaking with Shanda Maloney, who is the Digital Marketing and Social Media Director at UFC. And if you have a brand or company that you'd like to nominate to be on the Focus on Customer Service podcast, please tweet at us anytime using hashtag FOCS. And speaking of tweeting, Shanda, I had seen you recently on on a Twitter chat, and you said something that really stuck with me. You were talking about negative feedback, and you were saying that negative feedback is something that you can really learn from. And I'm wondering if you can expand on that a little bit and, and talk about some of the types of feedback you get and then how exactly you learn from it. 
Absolutely. We just recently had our UFC International Fight Week and Fan Expo beginning of July. And this particular year was very different from prior where we were focused on fan experiences versus, you know, having a lot of vendors having fighter autograph signings, basically. So we had an RFID pass set up so that the fans would be able to jump in, get a photo, scan their badge, and then we email them their photo or it would be uploaded to their Facebook or Twitter. So in order for you to get the picture, you need to go stand in line. And we know we have to have a cutoff after a certain number. If we've got an hour autograph signing, we know we have to cut it off, let's say at a hundred people. But if somebody has been standing at line and you're the hundred and first person, unfortunately, you're not going to get that autograph. So we were getting a lot of negative feedback on social media saying, I stood in line for an hour. I got cut off, you know, BJ Penn took off, whatever the case might be. But what we ended up learning from that is that rather than just having people go stand in line and them not know if they're going to be at that cutoff mark or not, what we're going to work on is people will then pre-register next year for who they want to meet. So if you've got 10 fighters that are signing from 10 to 12 p.m., we know that you're only going to be able to stand in one of those lines and you want to pre-register for one of those 10 people because you're not going to be able to get into three different lines. It's just not going to be able to happen. So then that, that will eliminate that whole chaos of fans saying, well, I stood in line and I didn't get an autograph. Well, you pre-registered for your spot. We know there's only a hundred spots. So be one of a hundred. If you can't get in BJ Penn's line, then go ahead and sign up for, you know, Ariane Celeste or Octagon Girls line or whatever the case might be. So I think that's really going to help us. And I, I think that was a big learning point for us and I think it's going to create a much better customer service experience for them for next year. I think that's a great example Shanda and a lot of companies can learn from that. We've talked before on this podcast that some companies are afraid of getting negative feedback or complaints over social media because it's a public channel but it really can inform how you better your process going forward and it sounds like you guys have absolutely done that by listening to fans and reacting accordingly which is terrific. Absolutely. One question that we love to ask people is whether there are any particular social interactions that have been particularly memorable for you. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're strange, or for whatever reason, they're the ones that you remember and get excited about when you get up to go to work every day. Any that you'd like to share with us? Probably my favorite. We had a a live UFC event that was on our digital platform, UFC Fight Pass, and it was exclusive to Fight Pass. We had two fans that were talking about Fight Pass, so I was using my keyword listening since they weren't talking at the Fight Pass account, and one guy says to the other, you know, are you watching the fight this weekend? And he says, oh, is it on cable TV? And the guy says, no, it's on Fight Pass. And he says, oh, I don't have Fight Pass, so I'm probably not watching it. So I jumped in from the Fight Pass account and said, no reason to miss it. There's a seven-day free trial. Check it out. So the guy responds back and says, oh, I just got botted, you know, by the UFC Fight Pass account. A robot just jumped in. And then I responded to that. I was like, no robot here. We're just looking for excuse makers like you. Seven-day free trial. Don't miss it. And then the guy responds back and was just like, wow, that's actually pretty impressive. And their response time makes at Xbox support raise an eyebrow. And Xbox support is very well known for speedy customer service response time. So Xbox support then jumps into the conversation and says, yeah, don't miss that fight. It's going to be a good one. So then I respond from the Fight Pass account. Hey, Xbox support, Speedy McSpeederson over on the keyboard over there. Kudos, guys. 
and the fan jumps back in and was just like, this is awesome. This conversation is awesome. The guy ended up signing up for the free trial and he is still a customer today. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. It's absolutely you know, small little interactions that actually do drive longer term business uh, decision making processes. So fantastic example. <laughs> and I think great segue into our final question, which is my favorite question I always get to ask which is what advice do you have for listeners at other brands who want to build awesome social customer service teams? What do you wish you'd known that you know now when you started? You know, honestly, don't be afraid to jump into the conversation. You know, look for people that are talking about you and not at you. You know, that this is the best place for to get word of mouth understanding of what the fans or the customers are, are saying, how they feel about your product, about your brand. And, a lot of times people tend to just be listening to when people are talking at them, whether it be, you know, mentioning their at handle on Twitter or making a comment on their Facebook page. But one of the things that I would totally suggest is listen to what people are saying about you and don't be afraid to jump into those conversations. If you see somebody that had a bad experience, jump into that and find a way if you can make it right, because that moment is going to be incredibly memorable for that fan or that customer that you took the time as a brand to listen to what they were saying and at least attempted to make it right. You might not have been able to find somebody's lost luggage, but the fact that you jumped in and tried to make it right, I'm probably, if let's say if that happened to me, yes, it has happened to me once before on American Airlines, but I'll fly American Airlines again because they at least acknowledged me. That's a fantastic example, and it does go a long way to people. You know, some people refer to it as surprise and delight. Although I, I do think that today customer expectations are rising, so it's maybe not as much a surprise anymore. But I think that's a fantastic example. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Even though we could definitely talk with Shanda for a lot longer, Shanda Maloney, digital marketing and social media director at UFC. Thank you so much for joining us on the Focus on Customer Service podcast and that is it for this week again if you have other brands that you'd like to see us talk to please tweet at us using hashtag focs we'd be happy to reach out to them and have them on the podcast for my british friend dan moriarty this is dan gingas thanks for listening to the focus on customer service podcast presented by social media today be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag focs and follow dan and dan on twitter at d gingas and at i am dan moriarty See you next time.